Hi there, everyone. I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, this week, I'm going to find out about how we train in Rotary. That's right. Catherine Fay, an international assembly trainer, is joining me this week. Now, she's a heck of a lot more than just an international assembly trainer, but uh, she is training. She's training all of us on Zoom, virtually, hybrid, and uh, who knows? Maybe she even has some pointers for me on a podcast. So join me, won't you? We've got a conversation with Catherine Fay this week on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. And welcome, as always, to the conversation. New Year, everybody. I am back. Did you miss me? Well, even if you didn't, too bad. I'm still back doing the podcast because I just can't get enough of it. What can I say? Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Happy New Year. And I have a new friend because that's what I do when I'm when the holidays come. I get on Facebook and I stalk Rotarians and I find ones that really intrigue me so I can bring them to you. And this week, uh, Catherine Fay is joining me and she has a title that I was just joking with her that I said, I'm about to interview the teacher. So I hope not to F up by the end of the interview. She's the internationally international assembly trainer. So thank God she doesn't train people on podcasts because I feel this would be homework. But instead, she's going to explain to us what exactly an international assembly trainer is. She's going to mention some of our past guests that we know and love here on the show. But most importantly, welcome to the show, Catherine. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Gwen, for having me. And and trust me, you don't have to be stressed about me being the teacher, if you will. That's, um, that's right. Okay, good. Thank God. You know, I was lucky enough uh, in 2019 and 20, um, both years, to be an actual trainer at International Assembly, which are the people selected by your incoming uh, president-elect um, in order to train all of the district governor elects from around the world. And so once I was able to do that twice, um, I was lucky enough to be selected along with a fellow, uh, past guest of yours, Harish from Chandani. Yes. We are, we are the, basically the trainers of the trainers this year. So we are the two, um, international assembly seminar trainers, and we've had the distinct pleasure of not only being virtual last year, but being virtual this year now and training all of our facilitators how to train online and how to portray enthusiasm and excitement and, and energy and, and to facilitate online, which is a little bit of a different beast. I, well, yeah. And I, I was going to say, we, we will get to those questions, but wow, that's a biggie. I mean, you know, when we were doing our little uh, pre-show discussion that you had said that Rotarians have advanced themselves light years over the last really just 18 to 24 months. But the whole idea that training now has been training how to, I assume, train on Zoom. Is that correct? What we're that is that is absolutely on from being in 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 a room in person uh with a U shape where someone stands up in front of 20 people from various parts of the world and we facilitate discussion to now we're doing that in Zoom rooms online. And, you know, many Rotarians who 
had no idea of the word Zoom 18 months ago, like you said. And trust now- me, they were they were members of my club. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, members of mine as well. And, yeah. and and I'll be the first person to say that, you know, I love my club dearly, but when Absolutely. I'm not there, we don't do hybrid meetings because I'm still the technology person. But um, you know, it, it is, and it's a little bit of a different beast because when you're looking on screen at someone or mm-hmm. at a group of faces, who knows who is is staring intently at your face the entire time. So someone else right. can say something and your facial expressions, someone might be a little more tuned into those than they would be in person. So it's really, um, it's a little bit different, but it's, I think it's the wave of, obviously it's a wave of what we've done the last 18 months. And I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon either. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I I was an actor for many years, but there was, I was an actor both on stage and screen. And when you're told to be an actor on stage, everything is bigger and Mm -hmm. bolder and facial expressions and using your hands. And uh, then when you're told to act on, on the small screen is what it used to be than those days, (laughs) it, everything is, is minute and smaller and your facial expressions become intimate is like the Mm -hmm. best word that pops to my head. So what are you doing to help these facilitators facilitate in that type of way? I mean, are you, are you guys actually teaching them about facial expressions? Are you actually teaching them about, you know, if there's a, you know, if you think it's kind of a stupid question or you've already said that three times, they're going to see your face now where you'd be in a crowd before. You know, I think it really comes down to uh, a few key things, really. I mean, there's a lot of different techniques and we right. talk about, you know, engaging people and those sorts of things, but really it comes down to making sure you smile. We all know that even <laughs> when we're talking, even our voices on this podcast, you can tell if we're smiling much more sure. than if we're not. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that we have that energy and that smile making sure that we're making eye contact with our cameras because that's showing that we're actively listening and we're engaged and we're facilitating the discussion. If I ask you a question and then look down into my notes and I have my top of my head being shown on the screen the whole time, that's not very engaging. And and it's pretty simple for someone in your group to think, oh, they're not paying attention to me. Why do I have to pay attention? And so it's really making sure that we're engaging, we're drawing out the ideas, we're giving everyone a chance to to converse and to share their opinions. And that's really what it's about. Um, The internationality of Rotary is what makes it so fantastic. And if we can facilitate that internationality and have people have discussions in, you know, where English isn't your first language and we're using interpretation with other languages, and you're still able to get that international feel, even if we're not all in the same room, that's really what we're trying to do. Because there's a lot of great ideas out there. And we've decided it's not stealing in Rotary. It's just using best practices. So that's what we want to do. And that's what we're trying to facilitate uh, at the International Assembly. So did you guys, did this, did this new branch of training come from a outcry from, from folks. I mean, I know when I, when I went to pets, I went to a virtual pets my year I'm president now. So my year of pets was virtual. And after the end of it, they sent me a questionnaire. What did you think? And I was excited. I liked it, 
But I, like you, live on Zoom a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. It is not, uh, you know, for me to have three, four Zoom meetings in a day is tiresome. It can be tiring on the brain, but it's not unusual. So now that we're a Zoom culture, is that where all this came from? Is that where this training came from? Is that you had Rotarians that came back to you and said, okay, maybe we we got the Zoom technology right, but maybe we as presenters were kind of flat. Well, I think, um, I don't necessarily think that that's where this particular training came from, but I do think there's a lot of that need out there. I think uh, in general, throughout the years, International Assembly has been probably considered the the highest form of training, facilitated training uh, that Rotary offers. And so whether you're in person or whether you're online, you're getting that facilitated training. And, And there's a lot of those things in the learning center that you have snippets of that you can learn through Rotary. But mm-hmm. I think um, to really get that experience, it's always been there for International Assembly. And I think when it went to virtual, it just forced us to look at it. Okay, now we just need to train for it virtually as opposed to in person. But I do think that as a result of this, you are seeing, for instance, district governor-elects who were trained last year. So current district governors you are seeing they got to see how, um, for lack of a better term, a more professional or well-orchestrated facilitation went during their training. And now they're pushing to have that in their pets or in their districts a lot more. And so you are seeing more demand for some of those things. I've even done some training sessions with different districts who've reached out to me and said, Kathy, can you share some of these tips with us? And Mm -hmm. I said, sure. It's not like it's you know, secret knowledge. It's just uh, who has the opportunity and and the willingness to practice and want to learn because it's not also jumping on and, and having notes and doing it. You need to practice. You need to look at yourself on the camera and, and see how engaging you are and see if you're connecting with yourself on screen, let alone, you know, someone else. If you don't even want to listen to yourself, why would you want to listen to anyone else? Or why would anyone else want to listen to you? I guess. That's right. The first first thing is you need to find out where the camera is on your laptop as compared to your iPad, as compared to your desktop. That's important. Exactly. Because the worst (laughs) thing you can do is be looking away from that camera the entire time because you are not connecting with the other person, the other people on the screen. So, so I think there is a definite desire and, and in um, wish for this type of training. I think that, you know, at this level, it's, it's been there and we just did a, uh, a fairly quick, great job, I think of transitioning Mm it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think we'll see a lot more of it coming. So before I get to the questions, then, then to, to wrap up, this little piece, I guess the the question is, is this a long-term? Do you think after this pandemic slows down that this type of Zoom hybrid kind of thing, is this this our future? Has this actually been a good thing for Rotary? Oh, I think it's been a very good thing. And I think it's a good thing in the fact that do I think it's it's everything? No. Do I think that we we still do need some in-person things and be able to share, you know, it is difficult to share some things culturally. Uh, We can do some things via Zoom and online, but I think it will be good to to be able to share those things in person again. But I do think that this can enhance everything that we've done in the past. I mean, for instance, um, Rotary International committees that Mm -hmm. typically maybe only met 
two, maybe four times a year at the most. If that, yeah. Now, you know, you could meet potentially monthly mm-hmm. and have only one or two in-person meetings and without, you know, and still be able to get to know each other and, and do more good and, mm-hmm. and do, make more plans. So I do think that this is um, showing us that this can be a normal way of connecting. This isn't a, oh, I need to be scared for this meeting because it's the only right. one I have online. Right. I think this is becoming more of the norm and the in-person won't be as much of the norm, but they'll be mm-hmm. um, very much welcomed and very much needed for mm-hmm. us to continue to make our connections. Um, yeah. You know, we, we know that you get a group of Rotarians in a room and who knows what can happen. I mean, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you've got five people that have connected and they're doing a global grant and mm-hmm. in a, another country worth a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars And just like that, people are able to, to pull these things together. So I think there is, there is still a need for that, but I do see a lot more um, frequent interaction internationally and, and even close by um, via zoom for us to accomplish a lot of things we want to. See, I'm a hugger, so I, I, I'm not going to be happy until. Oh, I'm a hugger too. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm definitely a hugger. Let me tell you, it's been a rough year. It's been a yeah. rough 18 months. Exactly. I get, I, I get asked all the time, what do you, what do you miss? And like I said, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not an anti-zoomer or meter or grouper or all those mm-hmm. other things, but I do miss a good hug. All right. So let's get to the nitty gritty and why I asked you, thank you for taking so much time and teaching us about all that kind of stuff. But I want to know about you as a Rotarian. So you have this highly, you know, big, fancy, fancy title now, but how did you get into Rotary itself? Like, how did you learn about the organization? What made you a Rotarian? So I was a, uh, I was a senior in college at the university of South Dakota. And I, um, had intended on going to graduate school in communications, had applied to another, uh, Midwest university was accepted, was ready to go. Uh, a gentleman from my hometown who was a Rotarian asked me one day if I had ever considered studying overseas. Now I was from a town of 800 people in rural Iowa. And so I, you were just excited to get out of the state of Iowa. Would exactly. Have been like a huge I mean, great. Exactly. And so I hadn't thought about traveling Cleveland. to another country. Mm-hmm. And I said, no. And he says, well, Kathy, there's this Rotary ambassadorial scholar that we think you would be a perfect candidate for. Mm-hmm. We think we'd love to have you apply. And I thought about it and I said, okay, I'm one of those people that if an opportunity presents itself, I'll at least check it out. Right. So I applied, filled out the application, uh, sent it in, received a phone call to come for some interviews, ended up interviewing. I think there were 10 or 12, 10 of us maybe that interviewed for this scholarship. I remember sitting there in this group of people in this room. And I mean, the grade points were amazing, like almost perfect, all of them. And I didn't have a perfect one. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was good, but it wasn't perfect. Okay. Uh, you know, there were people that had Harvard scholarships and Coca-Cola scholarships. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, this might be a little out of my league. And I was offered the scholarship. And I remember mm-hmm. vividly asking the Rotarian who offered it to me, um, you know, why did you select me? And he said, Kathy, because we know that you won't go and just sit in a library and work on your degree. You're going to immerse yourself in the culture, mm-hmm. in the, in, in rotary 
And I remember specifically asking a lot more about what Rotary was. So I was I mean, going to say, so did and you, well, you got this scholarship from these nice people that had the word Rotary on their vest, like mine, but did you have any idea what Rotary was? So I knew what Rotary was based off of the little Rotary Basics book that I found at the library, because mind you, this was before the internet. Um, this was before we were looking things up online. Yeah, and I, but I want the, a copy of Rotary Basics. That sounds uh, cool. <laughs> there's actually there's actually a learning center course. If you go to the Rotary Learning Center, well, there you Rotary go Basics. then. But anyway, um, I read a little and I knew that it was a group of professional individuals who did service around the world. They were in a lot of countries around the world. And that's really what I knew. Mm -hmm. And then the next question that this gentleman asked me is, well, what country do you want to go study in? And I said, hmm, could I get back to you on that? Because right. I didn't actually think that I was going to get the scholarship. Therefore, right. I didn't really think, think about where you wanted steps. to go. Right. And once again, the internet wasn't there. I all of a sudden had to look up. Um, I went to the library, started looking up universities, made phone calls, learned how to make phone calls to other countries mm -hmm. to um, start talking to admissions department. And I found a communications uh, graduate program at the University of Canberra in Australia. And that nice. is where I ended up uh, getting accepted. And I spent the year of 1997 in Canberra, Australia, uh, a host of the Belcon and Rotary Club there. And that is, I can tell you the defining moment for me. And Please. it was when I, when I got off the plane, I remember getting onto the plane, uh, boarding the plane. And it was after I got on the plane from LA to Sydney, about halfway through that flight, I realized that besides the name of the person who was picking me up at the airport, and the name of the university I was going to, I didn't know anything else about where I was living, what I was, wow. where I was going. I mean, I, I didn't even have an address for the university. I was thinking to myself, wow, you're not very prepared, Kathy. And I, um, I had a moment of panic and thought, what did I do? I just left my family. I left everyone I knew, but I got off that plane and I wandered around the airport a little bit. And a gentleman by the name of John Carter, a Rotarian found me and he said, Kathy, I hope you're not too tired because right now we have our Rotary Club is having a special meeting with their families just to welcome you. Aww. And I showed up and it was amazing. There were like 35 families that were there. They brought me bedding, uh, towels, linens for my room. They brought me posters and things that I could decorate my room. One family even lent me a computer, which at that time had a dial-up modem. The email oh, yeah. was just starting. They lent me this massive, exactly. <laughs> and they lent me that for the entire year. And at wow. that moment, and before I left that event, that evening, which I was desperately falling asleep during, of I had course. jet lag back. Of course, but, yeah. um, They had invited me to their club wine tasting the following weekend in a neighboring town. Um, just like that, I had family and yeah. just like that, uh, I learned what Rotary was and I've, I have been a Rotarian from that moment. So you've been, a, so that's 97. Was that 97? Well, that so. was 97 when I was a scholar, I wasn't technically a Rotary member. Right. So when, it, when uh, did you officially become a, a quote unquote Rotary member? 
So that's actually another interesting story. Uh oh. <laughs> so you can't I, do things the easy way. You were you I were hooked. Don't. You were ready, I, but you I was joined. I was hooked. I was ready. I came back from Australia uh, a year later. Probably cried harder coming back than I did going because I missed all my Rotary friends in Australia. Um, arrived back here, I was gung ho. I was joining Rotary. I was going to get involved. That's um, great. But you know what? I got a job. Uh, moved to a different town. Life, life kind of happened. Started my job and kept telling myself, "I'm going to join Rotary. I'm going to join Rotary." Before you knew it, ten years passed. Mm-hmm. And a gentleman from near my hometown asked me, he said, Kathy, you were a Rotary scholar, weren't you? And I said, yes. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, would you like to be my guest at a Rotary meeting this week? I said, yes. I showed up. I went there. I, they didn't even have to ask me to become a member. I walked up and I said, how do I become a member? What do I need to fill out? When are your meetings? What do I need to do? And from that moment, I be, so in 96, 90, no. Sorry, 2006. 2006. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, you're going back in time. Yeah. Which no, does work in Australia. 97. So at the end of um, 2006, I became, I became officially became a Rotarian. So and a year and a year later, I was president of my club. <laughs> well, yeah, we've all heard that story. Yes. Well, so then here's a question. And and I and I definitely want to get back to your questions. I mean, back to the regular questions that we asked, mm-hmm. but you do bring up a very interesting topic, and that is we send away these interactors, rotor actors, people like yourselves to be scholars, we, they're excited. Mm-hmm. They love rotary. They know the wheel and they come back and we never hear from them again. Now that is a overgeneralization, a very 30,000 feet kind of thing to say, but I, you know, we, I, we have a person right here on a young lady on Woodby Island that we sent all the way to Korea and she had a fantastic time and she loved it. And it's like, she's disappeared to the ethers. Well, why do you think that happens? And what can we do to fix that? Cause it took 10 years before a Rotarian said, Hey, Kathy, mm-hmm. want to join? I mean, could you honestly say you might've joined earlier if somebody would have just bloody asked you? Oh, I would have, I okay. would have joined in a heartbeat. Well, and it go. was, and to be honest with you, it was for me, it was on my list of things to do. But I had to, once again, I had to research. I had to figure out where the clubs were, where they met, how I get invited, because, you know, mm-hmm. some clubs you have to be invited to, some you can just kind of show up. Right. Uh, well, and that's more now than it was then. But, um, you know, it was always one of those things that I just need to take some time to do it. And I didn't. Life just got in the way. Right. And so I think, you know, the simplest answer to that question is we just need to ask. We need to make sure that we connect um, with our alumni when they come back from these events. And it's very similar to, you know, we're, we're lucky that rotor actors are now considered Rotarians. Yeah. You know, um, we all know that up until that happened, only 4% of rotor actors end up becoming Rotarians before that. Mm-hmm. And so how can we, we need to make sure that we ask and it's, and I say that about all membership. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that not just for our alumni, but it is key because you have low hanging fruit, if you will, right. had a great mm-hmm. experience. Um, but we just need to ask and, and it's such a simple thing, but if you think about it, think about your own club. I think about the people that I sit with at the table on a weekly basis. How many of them really ask someone to come rotary? How I, many of them, how yeah. many of them are 
they love Rotary. They're excited. I sit with, I sit with a group of people every week that is passionate about Rotary, but how many times do they actually ask someone or even bring a guest? Yeah. And it really isn't that difficult. So we, we need to encourage people to do that because that's really all it takes. A lot of times is a simple ask. And I, and I, I think that's an extraordinary because I think I will, I will throw myself under the bus, but I, our, my particular rotary club runs a Christmas tree lot. And so instead of meeting the month of December, you will find all of our Rotarians running that Christmas tree lot. And this year we got our interactors to help us. And it was awesome. <coughs> Excuse me. And after they helped at the lot for two, three hours, these parents came to pick up their kids. And it was probably the third or fourth parent until I dawned on me that I went, holy crap, you're telling me how wonderful that you're enjoying your kid in this organization. And this kid has been so inspired. And I didn't once with these parents right in front of me, did I say, well, would you like to come to a rotary meeting? Here's our card. Here's where we meet. It was probably the fourth parent before I just kind of whacked myself in the head and went, I had, like you said, this low hanging fruit that was picking Mm -hmm. up all of these, you know, 10, 12 interactors. I had 10, 12 parents there and I didn't take full advantage of it until they had already gone. So I think it's just something we forget. And when you go to the brand center or you go to the marketing centers at my rotary, it's filled with these beautiful little movies on how you could invite people. And one of the easiest things that we think of is <laughs> we just need to bloody ask. Exactly. It's, it's not, I mean, I hate to say this. It's not rocket science. No, like that's what we need to do. We just simply need to ask. Um, I have a lot of Rotarians who, who, when you ask them, they're, they're seeing members, some membership numbers go up and you say, well, how are you doing it? They're simply asking. And a lot of it yeah. has to do exactly with what you said, especially if there's a service project or a project that impacts the community greatly. Those are opportune times to mm-hmm. introduce people or to welcome them. Hey, would you like to come check us out? And this, the second key thing that I think that we sometimes um, mistakenly do is that we ask marriage on the first date. We need to, <laughs> we, I mean, really, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we need to let people get to know us as Rotarians, know what right. we do instead of, Sure. Then you have a guest come and right before you know it, you introduce them in front of the club and you say, and if we twist their arm, maybe we can get them to become a member. Right. That's not how you ask. Oh, and by the way, there's dues. That's always been. Exactly. By the way, three months later. Oh, by the way, there's dues. Oh yeah. You're you're late on your dues or or something that we didn't even tell you about. We didn't tell you about. Right. Yeah. And so we really need to, I, I kind of personally have had a um, and, and sometimes a few folks in my club jump the gun and try to ask for membership right away. But if I have mm-hmm. a guest, I try to say, you know, come, come this whole month, you know, come three or four times as mm-hmm. my guest and really get to know us. I'm not going to high pressure you. I want you to be comfortable. And, and it's interesting how they really appreciate that. They feel that they are open, ask questions. And I feel like they get to know who Rotary is and who our club is. And if mm-hmm. they're a fit. And if they're a fit, it's, it's a very simple ask then. So would you like to join us permanently? And people are like, yeah, sure. Where's that yellow card? Let me fill that out. And so Mm -hmm. I think we, we need to not only forget to ask, we need to remember to ask, but then we need to not then jump to marriage. We need to do that whole dating and get to know each other. So (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay. Rotary date a little while. 
We go. We add that third new bumper sticker. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask one of my favorite questions to ask. And that is in, you know, since 2006, we've narrowed that down. It was not 96. It was 2006 when you joined Rotary. You've obviously, uh, like I said, because I've been stalking you, have done some wonderful things. You had some wonderful pictures of you doing all kinds of things with uh, past guests like our our PE, Jennifer Jones. And I saw Allison Fry, who's been on Mm -hmm. the show and a whole bunch of others. You've had a great time. Is there, however, one moment that every single time you think of it, you just kind of go and it brings a smile to your face. And even on the crappiest of crappiest rotary day, whatever that is, if it's picking up gooey garbage on the side of the road or whatever, you sit there and go, ah, but that was my it. Do you have an it? Well, I have a lot of it's. I think a lot of it's okay. I think think my, my first, it was the one I shared about when I was in Australia. I mean, that was a huge, you were technically not a Rotarian. I know I wasn't. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting that in the past. Okay. I'm putting that it back to there. post 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 it. Okay, that it gets free. to go back in the shed for a little That's bit. That's right. But, okay. Uh, but I, but I think one of the things, um, and and this will be a I'll share a Jennifer Jones story uh, with you. I know. Uh oh. So she's she's shared this one, so I think it's okay for me to say. Okay. Um, I was in 2014. I was lucky enough to be one of 32 young professionals um, invited to Evanston. Mm-hmm. to into Chicago to talk about how Rotary um, can be more enticing to young professionals. How can we get more younger professionals involved in Rotary? Gotcha. And it was a, a great experience. I met some wonderful people, um, really formed some friendships for life out of that group. Uh, that year, I also happened to be district governor. I was just turning 40 and I was the district governor of, of my district. Um, definitely one of the youngest uh, by a long time. But anyway, um, I came back and because of that conference where we threw a lot of ideas out there, um, you know, the, the meeting itself wasn't around round tables in a conference room. We, it had couches and chairs and cushions and markers and Play-Doh. And we just did a lot of creative thinking. Great. I came back and said, I want to do my district conference a little bit different. And so I invited um, three of my newly made friends from that young professionals, uh, event to spirit like Iowa to help, uh, facilitate my district conference. And I didn't, this is a little blasphemy. I didn't allow any past district governors to speak. I didn't allow any, you know, rotary mucky mucks to speak. And, and had, flames didn't come down from the sky. And no, things, I survived. You know, I survived. Your, um, your Paul Harris medal didn't like <laughs> melt down into. It no. didn't. It didn't go up in okay. flames. But I had three of my young professional friends uh, from that event come and facilitate all of the breakout sessions. Wow. And people really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. But that wasn't the it moment. The it moment mm-hmm. was we uh, I was taking them back to the airport in Minneapolis, which surprisingly is one of the closest airports to where I live, but that's a whole nother story. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I live out in the middle of nowhere, but um, me too, hon, you're talking to an Island out in the middle of nowhere. So. <laughs> so I was, I was driving them back to the airport and we had a few hour drive and we were brainstorming and we're like, oh, how can we get the word of rotary out? How can we do things? And so we, we all actually decided on this road trip that to the airport that we were all going to take, you know, we were going to try to figure out how we could take a year off and get on an RV and travel around and spread the word of Rotary. And, you know, I had met Jennifer Jones 
prior to this and had a few conversations with her. And, and it just so happened the following week after I had dropped these folks off at the airport that she, her and I were talking about something else. And she said, well, Kathy, um, tell me more about this young professional thing you went to and Mm -hmm. did any big ideas come out of it? And I said, oh, we had a lot of great ideas. I talked about some of the things and I said, but one of the biggest ideas just came out of the car ride with a few people last week from that. And she goes, really? And I said, well, she goes, would you like to tell me about it? And I said, well, we kind of want to pitch something to you, but I said, maybe I should have them all on the phone. And so we set up a phone call for two days later and we asked her if she was sitting down and she said, yes. And we said, we don't like to quit our jobs and just get on an RV and travel around the country and spread the word of rotary. Um, you know, and do community Works service events, do kindness, yeah, <laughs> yeah. do random acts of kindness, etc. Mm-hmm. And she goes, what? And I quote, what mm-hmm. a freaking awesome idea, she says. There you and, go. And we said, but she says, how about we test this first? How about we do a pilot? And we're like, oh, a mm-hmm. month? And she says, how about like 10 days? <laughs> and so we ended up, uh, we did two stints of rolling with rotary where we had young professionals hop on an RV. Jennifer was with us uh, most of the time. Mm-hmm. We uh, traveled around central to Northeast US because that was kind of where our zones were at the Zone time. Work, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did random acts of kindness. We did projects. Um, we raised money. Uh, we did a water walk to show how to demonstrate how people, uh, women and children in other countries, how far they have to walk every day to carry clean water. So we were in uh, Ohio, Perry's, Perrysburg, Ohio, Perrysville, Ohio, Perry something, Ohio. I'm going to forget now. This is bad. But anyway, we walked from central downtown a quarter of a mile to the river, put water in buckets and walked all the way back with that water. Wow. And it was during that time that I was chatting with a lady who had her daughter there. We had different size buckets for different size people. Size people right? And um she had her daughter there and I assumed she was a Rotarian shouldn't assume. And we were talking and we got back to the park and she said to me, so how do you get involved in rotary? Wow. And I was like, you're not a Rotarian. And she said, no. And I said, Oh my goodness. She goes, no, a friend of mine invited me to come check it out today. And I said, Oh, well then let me tell you about rotary. And, and she is a member now, but we did just a variety of those events. Um, we raised money for wounded warriors. We used the shelter box filters and drank water out of the Detroit River on, on tele- live television to show people wow. that we believed in the filters. And, and mm-hmm. just for the record, none of us got sick. So we do believe in the filters. <laughs> and, <laughs> you really, yeah. really believe in the filters? We really, really believe in the filters. Um, and so we just show the different things that Rotary did as we stopped in all these different places. And so I would have to say that rolling with Rotary was one of those moments of, um, you know, don't be afraid to share what we do. It, it can be a tiny little event. It can be a big grand thing but don't be afraid to talk about what we do. And, and so that was, that was an it moment that, and, you know, I got to spend a lot of quality time on an, on an RV with Jennifer, with Rotary International president, like Jennifer Jones, who wouldn't there you go. enjoy that. She's such an inspiring person. So, yes, yes, she is. And, and I, and I challenge everybody to uh, go ahead and look up uh, water walks. I think they're, I think they're a really awesome idea. Very much so. Um, I do have one question though. You had these quote unquote young professionals, and this is something that's come up, especially since now we have 
rotor actors that are now considered rotarians. I have two questions. One, should we count them? Because like we hear right now that we're a million something. If we added the rotor actors, and I'm even as crazy enough to say is add interactors to that number, that would make us pushing close to 2 million Rotarians. I'd like to know your opinion on that. And then I'd like to know with, with rotor actors being full Rotarians now, have you noticed any ageism in either direction? Older Rotarians thinking you young whippersnappers? And younger rotor actors going, well, when you guys are able to like start your own computers without your grandchildren helping you, we'll get in touch and we'll do the, some projects with you. Thoughts? So, so your first question, I'm going to go with the easy one first. Oh, okay, <laughs> um, fine, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to, uh, yes, I believe we should count rotor actors. I mean, rotor actors are basically, in essence, younger professionals. Um, who, who are Rotarians. They're doing so many of the same things that Rotarians are doing. It's just kind of at a different age level or a different stepping stone in life. Including you know, whether, paying dues. I'm sorry to yes, interrupt, but including, yes, including yes. paying meeting fees and dues and yeah. a lot of cases, meals, or at least coffee yes. or yeah. And, and so while their dues may be a little less because mm-hmm. they are at a different stage in life, that's perfectly fine. And I do think that it is important to count them because I, and and I just used a word I didn't want to calling them them. We're Ooh. all Rotarians, yeah. Rotaractors and Rotarians. We're all Rotarians, and we are one big family. We just might be at a different stage in our life in that family, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I do think that we should count them. Now, interact. It gets a little tricky because you, you're still typically in middle school or high school. High school. You're, yeah, yeah. You're not on your own yet. I think it's a little bit different when you're on your own and, and making, okay. making your decisions and, and things. So therefore I do think that, you know, counting rotor actors makes, makes a lot of sense. Now, when it comes to the ageism thing, I am, um, I have an interesting take on this. I think that, I think that while yes, we, we refer to us and them, rotor actors, Rotarians um, frequently, I've also seen some amazing um, partnerships and collaborations between Rotary Clubs and Rotaract Clubs that have brought them closer Mm. um, and and made them realize that they are a lot more alike than what they may seem. And and I'm a firm believer that I think we we have ageism just in Rotary alone without even thinking about Rotaract. I mean, I can can tell you when I was a, a district governor, um, mm-hmm. how many times you can't be old enough to be a district governor. I heard that many, many, many times. And I have a few friends, uh, one who's a district governor elect right now, mm-hmm. bless her soul. She didn't give up because she was shot down numerous times for putting yeah. her name in because she was too young. And so I, I think it's, my mother always taught me growing up that there's, there's differences, opinions everywhere. There's mm-hmm. good people and there's bad people in the world. There's people that think this or think that. And I think that's in Rotary, just like anything else. I'm not saying any Rotarian is bad, but I think we have differences, opinions, and and it's the more educated and the more um, we learn about each other, the more we realize that how many of those unconscious biases that we might have. And so I do feel that now that we're seeing some Rotaract clubs and some Rotary clubs doing some projects together and collaborating together and working together, I feel that a little bit of that is going away. Now, is it going away everywhere? 
No, but there's also a lot of places that don't have Rotaract clubs either. That's or true. it's or it's just university-based Rotaract club, which mm-hmm. feels a little bit different than a community-based one, which might be mm-hmm. some younger professionals, you know, versus some college students. There, there's generally speaking, still some different um, priorities between those two groups. And so um, I think it's just a matter of learning from each other and we'll continue to break those walls down. It's just, it's going to take a while. And um, I think we'll get there. Cool. Well, I like, there's some people that, that aren't going to, and I think, you know, it's like anything else. There's always that 10% that you're never going to change their mind one way or the other. You know, I figure it's not going to take, I believe, a a trip to the Supreme court to get Rotaractors and Rotarians to (laughs) just say, so let's, let's, we've got a few lighter questions and I thank you so much for, for spending the time with me today. Um, We always have a great conversation piece about the four-way test. And this is something I get the most emails about uh, because I basically it's, it's the guiding principle of Rotarians and how does the four-way test impact your life? Is it more esoteric? Are you a four-way test police officer? We have talked about that many a time, but what does the four-way test mean to you and how do you use it in your life? First of all, as a public image, past public image uh, chair for the zone, there are no rotary police, although we do prefer, okay. you know, the manual procedure is a flexible printed book. It but is. Anyway, <laughs> but anyway, no, we, um, you know, yes, there are, are standards that we want to live by and that just builds our brand and all of those things. But, and the four-way test is, is the same way. Um, I'm not a, a police officer, if you will, when it comes mm-hmm. to the four-way test, but I do believe I do believe in my heart that the Rotarians that I have met, we are all very like-minded. And that like-mindedness comes from that four-way test. It comes from the four-way test and service above self. Um, if you don't believe in those things, I really don't think, and, and this is, it's not meant to be harsh to say this, you're not really a Rotarian. You're probably mm-hmm. not someone who's going, who's, you're probably a Rotary member, not a Rotarian. We talk about the Rotarians that have had that aha moment. That right. moment that made you a Rotarian. And I truly believe that Rotarians are like-minded. We want to help others. We want to do good in the world. And we believe in ethics and standards and the four-way test. We believe in being kind to one another. I mean, I, I think if if we had more Rotarians in the world, the world would be a much kinder, even more kinder place. Mm-hmm. But I, I always feel very, even even in rotary clubs that may or be set in their ways and some of those things, I've still always felt welcome as a Rotarian uh, wherever I've gone in other rotary clubs. And so I think that is something that the four-way test um, just, it's not really a test. It just, it's, it's a mindset that we're drawn to. And I, and I firmly believe that that's how it is for me. I mean, those are just, those are just second, that's just second nature to me. It's not even things I have to think about. It's just, that's how I act. And I think that that's how the majority of Rotarians act as well. Test. You don't like the word test? Should we, should we get rid of, should we rename I feel like you're being graded on it. And, and uh, while we all make mistakes occasionally, I don't know graded the, the it, word. I think it's just, like I said, it's, it's that like-mindedness, that attitude, mm-hmm. that that aura that we all have. And and that's, 
Um, I, I have no problem calling it a test. I just am not going to focus on the test portion of it. <laughs> That's right. You're not, it's, it should just be known. You don't have to cram for it 24 hours in advance exactly. kind of stuff. If you're cramming for the four-way test, then we need to discuss a few things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good point. If you're not sure yeah. if things are the truth or if it's beneficial to all concerned, if you're wavering on some of those, we yeah, need, we might want to do a little backtracking. Why don't you come visit a few more times? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> a few more times. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, one or two more questions. Where do you think Rotary is going to go in the future? How do you think it's going to grow? Um, well, I think we're evolving. I think uh, we. And in that evolving, are we going to have growth, do you think? I think we have opportunity for growth. I think in the past 18 months, the evolution that we've done with technology, with mm-hmm. Zoom, um, not saying that that's the reason we will grow, but if, you, if you've if you noticed, you know, some e-clubs, some passport clubs um, had significant uh, growth and, and were, were catching on, but a lot of people still don't really understand what that was or the hybrid meetings. And I think now that we've kind of been forced into it, mm-hmm. I think it's only, it's it en- it's enhanced like some of those cause-based clubs, you know, right. if there's a, a human trafficking club or something like that, it has enhanced people from all over to be a member of that club, to be members of that club, as opposed to just one geographic location, so our interests and our desires. And so I think that by us evolving and, and being forced into Zoom and electronics with the pandemic, I think it gives us much greater opportunity to grow. And I think you'll see some more of those singular focused cause-based clubs, as opposed to maybe the traditional, we're all just people from our community. I think we're still going to see those, but those individuals are probably going to be more local community Mm project-minded versus globally minded. So I think this is going to open doors for a lot more of those uh, global-minded folks that might find an interest that really piques them. Yeah. And I, and, and that's, yeah, I know, I know I have that in my own group that I was, this is the first time that I, I actually helped fund four international projects. And I've got another rotary group right here on this Island. They're like, they only do local. That's it. They don't want to, they don't want to do anything wrong with that. There's not. In fact, I, I figure I did two for them and two for us. <laughs> All right. I got one last question. It's it's one of my favorite questions. It's a super easy one. And it's what I call the elevator pitch. And that is we're on an elevator and you have a vest like I have on with this little rotary symbol on it. And I say, hi, why would I want to join Rotary? What's so good about it? What would you say to me? Are you interested in helping people? Are you interested in um, doing service projects? I ask a question first and then I, I ah. gauge that because if, if that's an interest to you, um, I'm not saying that that's all that it is, but if that's an interest to you, I like to ask a question so that then I can relate it and say that Rotary is an international organization that you can not only help um, and be impactful locally, you can do it on a regional or international level as well. And the world, uh, the world becomes right there in your hands through Rotary because you are instantly connected to 1.2 million people around the world um, as a Rotarian. And and if that's something that you're interested in, I'd love to share more. Cool. I'm convinced. I'll join. 
Great, yay. I think you've already been a club president, though. I'm looking for another club president. So. Oh, well, no, no. I, I you know, I, I'm I'm, I think I'm doing the one time and then I think I may have to run off and do some international stuff as we speak. So, hey, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us or Kathy. I know my daughter's name is Catherine, so I kept saying Catherine all the time, but um, I answer to both. It's all there, good. There you go. Hey, you, they, them, all of these are acceptable. So thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. I know we did work this up very quickly in the new year and I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, now that we're friends, I hope to keep a track of you on Facebook on all that you're doing and all the social medias and do, uh, do keep us in the loop on what you're up to these days. We'll definitely do so. And see, now that we're friends, it's officially not stalking anymore. It's officially not stalking. See, that's how I've gotten myself out of jail for quite some time. And good luck and the International Assembly teacher. Thank you very much. Teaching us how all to look our best. That's why I do a podcast. Okay, I'm just saying. I can, you know. We can can hear you smiling through your voice. So we know you're you're following some of the uh, examples already. So thank you. There you go. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Such good news. I am no longer a stalker. I love it. That's good to know. And most importantly, I know how to get my Zoom on correctly. Thanks to Kathy. And thanks to you for listening. She was a pretty awesome guest, huh? And in this time of Zoom and hybrid meetings, we better listen to folks like her. It looks like Rotary is digital for a very long time to come. Well, hey, there's more than just podcasts in my life. If you'd like to hear a more musical side of me, check me out on the radio, won't you? I have a weekly radio show on Rotary Radio UK. That's right. I hop across the pond with a whole bunch of awesome music. So uh, check it out, won't you? RotaryRadioUK.org. And if you know somebody that you think should be on the podcast, It is super easy to get a hold of me, RotarianPod at gmail.com. And of course, tell friends about the podcast and download and subscribe and review. As I've told you a million times, it makes it so much easier for others to find the podcast. All right, then I'm going. I'm checking out. Happy New Year, everybody. And we'll hear you next week on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Until then, take care of yourself and the world around you. And we'll hear you next week. Bye-bye.